Five years ago, there was no far right at all. Extreme right populists did not have the earthquake they expected. Politics is full of mistakes. Voters in the European Parliament elections have shaken up the continent's politics, turning away from the major power blocks that have dominated Brussels in recent years and boosting the smaller groupings, the Greens, the Liberals and the far right. My guest this week here in Stockholm is the two-term MEP Anna Maria Carazza Bilt, who sat until recently under the banner of the European People's Party. What did she and the party do wrong? Anna Maria Carazza Bildt, welcome to Conflict Zone. Thank you, Tim. Apparently, European voters weren't so keen on the status quo anymore. Do you accept a share of the blame for that? For the first, uh, voter participation has been very, very high historically. 51% uh, more or less in medium in, in, in all of Europe. But they don't this, like the status quo. They but, came out to say that. But this gives democratic numbers, legitimacy to European institutions, shows that people start to understand how relevant the European Union is and that it really affects their daily life and their future. They want more accountability, they want more transparency. I think they will ask much more participation for whoever is going to run Europe in the future. That's a nice then, way of spinning it, isn't it? But the, the fact is that the party you sat with, the European People's Party, is still the biggest. Well, it's still the biggest. This growing wave of Europeans who say we don't want the status quo. Status quo does, doesn't work. Extreme right populists did not have the earthquake they expected. They have been actually having earthquake of scandals. And the liberal, liberal conservative forces are stronger than previously. The Greens advanced, the socialists collapsed, the extreme left lost almost 50 seats. Five and years ago there was no far right at all, was there? So you held the door open for them during the last five years. I think this is not the time for blame gaming. This is the time it's to the see... time for the truth, isn't it? Time to look at what happened, the achievements of the, the last five years. I think what people want to know, they want to have... Uh, politicians that take responsibility, build a stable majority to run Europe in a way that it responds to their problems, reconnects with them and gives answer to security, migration, but also free trade, economy, jobs, and they don't want to be left behind. The answers that the last five years didn't give, because the story of the last five years for the EU has been one of missed warnings, hasn't it? Warnings about growing inequality, warnings about climate change, fears about identity and culture, these kinds of things which weren't properly addressed in the last five years. Hence the door was let open for the far right, which didn't really exist five years ago, did it? Well, the far right in Europe have, has unfortunately always existed. These extremes always existed. Yeah, but it wasn't they winning more, elections five So it's years not ago, a new phenomenon. It? it wasn't winning elections five years ago, was it? Well, we have in, in, in Austria, the extreme right party has collapsed, left the government, and they lose very strong. For the in Spain, For the they lost. In Portugal, they lost. In Denmark, they lost. They won very strong in Italy, and you have a strong point there. And Belgium. Italians feel left behind, genuinely, in migration. And uh, he has been stirring emotions and fears, like that's what populists do, but not giving any answer. 
But there were so many not giving any solution. Ignored. Well, the, uh, on migration, for instance, in mm -hmm. 2016, the head of the refugee center at Oxford mm -hmm. warned of an elephant in the room. He said that no one was prepared to acknowledge it was the fact that the great fear among Europeans was the fear of the Islam. And that, mm -hmm. he claimed, created a vacuum which the anti-immigrant parties hurried to fill and filled with a certain amount of success, didn't they? Without giving any answer, because they are putting people against people. They are scaring people with propaganda against Islam, against Muslim, even against other Europeans. But so far, they have not given any solution on migration. The reality team and, is and that we have... EU, and nor has the EU. Have, because the problems have been changing. <clears throat> we are not responsible for the war in Syria or in Iraq or what happens in part of the demographic boom in Africa, poverty and the development. There are 68 million more or less people on the move now in the world. You cannot blame all of the European Union for that. I don't, but the whole point of the European Union was to find common solutions to common problems. And we and did. And that you didn't do. And you know, and that you didn't and you know do. who blocked that, Tim? The Orbans? The extreme right politic, uh, politicians who went close to power, who are sitting governments, are the ones who are blocking the entire asylum package and migration package that the European Parliament majority has voted, including the reform of the Dublin regulation. I was there for 10 years to do those laws. By politicians like Orban who say, not only we don't like it, we don't even want to negotiate it. So going against the whole way European politics is that. So nationalist populists are already so what Destroying did the EU do? The what European, did the EU do? It outsourced, the, it outsourced the problem. They first are to Turkey. The EU. Yes, first to Turkey the and Council then to is the, the EU. EU as well. First, uh, first to Turkey and then to Libya, didn't it? And, that, and well, neither of those we worked out to particularly work. gloriously, did they? We, did, we need to work with our external partners, of course. Oh, to, so, so to it's okay in Libya where they can be incarcerated for years? No, 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 Migrants no, no, no. are beaten up That's and not uh, what I said. sexually abused. That's okay. That's it? not what I said. I was You said Niger. work with external partners. We have to work with external partners, of but course. But these are clearly the wrong ones then. We they? are working. Libya is the wrong partner for you. We are working to stabilize Libya according to a United Nations plan to have a stable government there, be able to have elections. The situation now is of civil war. But look at what's happening to the people in those camps as you work to stabilize the situation. Could take years to stabilize the situation. Tim, I have been one of those announcing more than others the human rights situation in Libya as unacceptable. I went to Agadez, I went to Niger. I have been among one and my political group promoting a Marshall Plan for Africa to make sure that we really solve the problems there, we invest there, and we make sure that people can Again, live in dignity there. Again, this could take there. decades, couldn't it? The problem is now. You look at the deal with Turkey, which has had a spin-off effect is, in, in Greece, hasn't this it? This is extreme right rhetoric. There are no quick fixer, Tim. And the idea there that are wrong Euro, fixes, though, aren't Europe there? could there are be wrong a quick fixes. fixer, it's, it's long-term problems that are in the stronger, united and open Europe, not a divided and destroyed and broken Europe. It's problems that are over borders and need common solutions, and the populists are doing exactly the opposite. Anna Maria Carazza we want a legal, you, safe, orderly migration. My point is, you made the deals. You made the deals with the wrong people. The wrong deals with the wrong people. You take the the deal to return irregular mi migrants. The one with Turkey, for instance. Now it's apparently come out that it has led to knock-on 
dismal policies and practices in Greece that are said by NGOs to be short-sighted, ineffective and dangerous. You've got as many as 20,000 people who've been left stranded in, in these camps, these so-called hot centres. These visited. terrible conditions, they said, are due to the European policy of trapping asylum seekers in EU hotspots. It's down to the EU. Wrong did deals visit, for the wrong people. Did you visit this? Did I need to? Yes, of course. I saw course. the reports. Well, I visited them. I so visited, you've got nothing to be proud of here, I visited. Have you? Are you only asking or can I also answer? Because if you give me a chance to answer, I visited Lesbos and the camps, both in the islands and the reception centers, and the situation in Greece is bad. It is due to the fact that a communist government in Greece could not put up the institutions that are necessary, since we don't have a federation in Europe, to work with European Union institutions, which are strong, which give enormous support to Greece, and which are really doing a lot in Greece, from Europol to the Fundamental Rights Agency, to Frontex, to the Asylum Office. Greece has a lot, the Refugee Fund, Greece has a lot of help from the European Union, but it takes two to tango, and it's not easy. I have been the one denouncing the situation when accompanying minors there. There is not sufficient capacity in Greece for that, and there are not enough Which was member known beforehand. states. Which was known beforehand. There are not enough member states in the European Union who are willing to do relocation, which means to live up with their agreement to relocate from both Italy and Greece. So there's a lack of solidarity among member states. Don't blame it on Brussels. With Turkey, it's impossible to deal with a solution for migration and asylum without working with Turkey. What like you, Erdogan, you don't like Erdogan. They are in Turkey. What you can blame so, the EU for is that it has moved to the right itself, hasn't it? Trying to beat the populists at their own game. At an EU summit in 2018, the leaders called for so-called regional disembarkation platforms. Basically a place where migrants who got fished out of the Mediterranean could be parked while someone tried to work out what to do with them. And the EU mantra became, if we don't get tough, others will get tougher. You remember, <coughs> excuse me, Donald Tusk at the EU summit. Some may think I'm too tough in my proposals on migration, but trust me, if we don't agree on them, then you will see some really tough proposals from some really tough guys. So you shifted well, to the right. The EU shifted I mean, to the right. You're talking to me you? like I'm the spokesperson of the European Union. I'm not. I'm not talking to you, but you're, you're, I'm, you, I'm were, not you, were, you are part of the European yes. People's Party yes. that went along with these things. We stand up for fundamental rights, for human rights. We want a humane, rule-based, common European asylum and migration policy. Some member states don't want it. And the European Union is done about coalitions and compromise. The European People's Party did not have majority during last mandate. And we don't have a federation. The member states can block, can hinder, cannot implement. And legislations that are really important for Europe are blocked at the moment in the Council. But you accept that the Council moved to the right, didn't it? To yes. try and beat the populace yes. at his own game. A long way from all the lofty pronouncements about I mean, if you want to let me say that a lot of mistakes rights. have been done, of course. <clears throat> Politics is full of mistakes. But we have been trying with a very strong value-based compass 
to bring forward a reform agenda based on the rule of law. And <coughs> the rule of law is the strength of the European Union. And populists want to close borders and raise walls. We want to manage migration, legal, orderly, safe. We want to control and manage the border, not to close the border. Combating trafficking, smugglers, illegality, stabilize Africa, that's not easy. To solve Libya, we need unity between France, Italy and other member states. Member states have to work together. You talk about we the strengths of the strengthen. European Union. You no, I'm saying in the future, we need to yeah. strengthen our common and security foreign policy and speak in one voice. As long as member states are not united, Europe will be weaker. People are losing faith, though, in the EU. Here's the paradox, isn't it? Highest level of support for membership since 1983, but more than half the people of Europe think the EU is likely to collapse within a generation. All the, well, for the first Brexit, That's also the legacy Brexit of the talks last five for itself. The chaos and implosion that unfortunately we have seen in the UK has been a vaccination rather than infection for the rest of Europe. We have seen... So you should be stronger seen, as a result of that. We have seen, if I can finish my sentence, the Eurobarometer country after country, the European Union popularity has increased even in Hungary, with a few exceptions like Czech Republic. And we have seen one after the other, the extreme right political parties dropping the agenda of leaving the European Union and leaving the Euro. So why do citizens have all these doubts? And why liberals and Greens have gone forward in the elections, they want a stronger Europe, they don't want a weaker Europe. But why all the doubts about whether the EU can actually stay together? I mean, Spain's foreign minister, Josep Borrell, was asked in an interview if it was so fragile, if Europe was so mm -hmm. fragile it could break up. His comment was, honestly, yes. Honestly, yes. Yes, yeah, so Europe has always been growing stark out of big crises. We, we were born out of the ashes of World War II. And the reality is that it's one of the best places in the world to live. We never had it so good in Europe. We had 2,000 years of war. You say that, Three out of ten said conflict among countries 70. was a possibility. It is now if the nationalist rhetoric continues to put people against people like Salvini has been doing, attacking the people of Sweden. Uh, yes, that's a risk. If you have a weakening of European institutions together with a high-rising rhetoric, which is not only anti-migrants and anti-Muslims, but also anti-other Europeans, we know when you put nations against nations in Europe, what happens? And what about its alliance with Hungary? I was the first the one to denounce it. I was the first one to denounce it. I have been taking big fights within my political group. I wrote an article in Political a year and a half ago. I have a You did, saying it campaign. was time that it stepped up to the yes, plate. I mean, but you I, didn't I, call for the party to be, Orban's party to I be have, expelled, did you? I have done it time after time to be suspended, to be expelled. I took all the battles. And I think that maybe too little too late, but I do admire some of the leaders of the European People's Party who took the courage to take that step. And in the parliament, we have activated the rule of law mechanism, which is asking the commission and the member state to take steps towards those countries like Poland, like Hungary, who don't live up to our common values, which is Article 2 of Anna the Treaty. Maria Karatsabil, your party, the European Party, waited and waited and waited and didn't want to do anything about Hungary, did it? That's true. For a long time. I've been... I've and been... then what did it do? A slap on the wrist, a wink, a pat on the back, and then they were suspended. Something which Orban himself 
Victor Orban said, was a good decision. The EPP has taken a good decision, he said. It maintained its unity and we can continue a unified campaign. That's all you did. A well, slap he on said, the wrist, he says everything it? in the contrary, everything because the day before he had said that he would leave the European People's Party if he was suspended, and then he didn't. So his word is not impressing me. Guy Verhofstadt saw through this, didn't he? The leader of the Liberal MEP group. He said yeah, the parties, what the EPP did, was a political trick and a stitch up that shows the EPP will always put parliamentary numbers ahead of the collective European interest. And he was right, wasn't he? Well, now I think we have to look at the future. We need politicians look, that are... Can you just answer that? He was right. This was a stitch-up. This was a fudge, wasn't it? Well, let's just see suspend. what... It was the minimum Let's see what's do. happened. Now, I said it was too little too late, and everybody knows that I've been taking a very strong stand uh, against him, against Marine Le Pen, against Boris Johnson, against Salvini, against Farage. I am not afraid to take debates with those who I think are want to adventure the future of Europe and our ch children instead of build a better Europe. Isn't it true that the, the, the EPP and its diminished party now after the election has had way too much power for way too long? It's dominated European institutions for the last 15 years. That's got to be unhealthy for any democratic process. That is it? for the people of Europe to say, not for you to say. <clears throat> But that dominance has allowed the party to do what the Financial Times called pre-cooking positions on treaties, bailouts and assorted EU disputes. That certainly stretches the concept of democracy, doesn't it? Well, Greek is still a member of the euro. Everybody thought that Greek would collapse. Brexit has been a complete failure, which I'm very sorry for the people of the UK, and showed that uh, stability is when you are in the family and implosion is when you want to leave the family. And the reality is that people want to be more involved, otherwise they wouldn't go to vote as they did. You um, criticised Nigel Farage for his views on the EU. You called him the biggest liar in Europe. But when yes, he claimed he that the EU was run by a bunch of faceless bureaucrats, there was more than a kernel of truth in that, wasn't there? Well, he is the elite of the elite, the establishment of the establishment. And but the point he is, has belonged to that this was elite right, for a long time. Well, I have been elected twice directly by the people of Sweden for 10 years. I don't feel like I'm a bureaucrat. And together with my 750 elected colleagues, we have 50% of the power in Europe. If that's bureaucrats and the rest of the 50% of power is elected governments, the same that sit in the capitals and then in Brussels take the decisions. And the European Commission is an executive body is not a legislator, and they are like the departments in any government in any member state. Anna Maria Karatsabel, walk down any street in Europe and ask anyone if they've heard of Joseph Daoul, the chairman of your European People's Party, who lectures national leaders, some of the most powerful people in Europe, and what they should be doing and why they should be voting. How many European citizens have heard, even heard of this man who wields enormous power within the European Union? They haven't, have they? I wouldn't go with that criticism. That's a faceless bureaucrat, isn't he? He's, he's a French beet farmer. He's, uh, he's an elected politician. He's been the chair. He's a chair of a political group. He's not a bureaucrat, of course. He's a political group. The European People's Party is a political family. It's not yes, a structural and he's an enormously powerful figure in Brussels, isn't he? Well, he's the leader of the so, biggest political group in the European Union. Somebody the people but of the Europe point, have never heard of. But the point you're making is very important. And I think it's the lessons that... 
I'm saying, for instance, here in Sweden, we need to continue to take responsibility to make the case for Europe and to connect with citizens. I am a grassroots politician. I have been elected by preferences by the people with a support group of volunteers. I'm not a party politician, so you don't have to, to convince me. We have a real task, and that's the real most important task ahead of us to continue to keep the people involved and much more than we have done little during this election. Which could have been so much better addressed in the last five years. We are looking ahead on how to make sure that no one is left behind and that people really feel that they are involved, that there is something in it for them in this Europe. There's a difference between some countries where the election campaign has been, Brussels, Europe, the great corridors, and here my country, let's diminish the powers, repatriate the powers, less Europe or more Europe. Or the countries like in Germany where the debate has been our common future, our Europe. The future of Germany and the future of Europe go hand in hand. A strong, united and open Europe is, is the basis for a better Germany. We are now going to see in the wake of the European election what one report called the longest and least transparent job selection process for those who are going to hold the top jobs in the European Union. Well, I th That's I not going to be an edifying sight. I have been it? in charge in the European Parliament on the, on the legislative and non-legislative work on the access to public document or more transparency of the trialogue. So again, you don't have to convince me. I think people have shown in these elections that they want to know what's going on and they don't want closed doors decisions. So anyone who wants to represent them now, I think has to deliver on this and be more open in the way we take decisions in the European Union. The mess, one of the messes that was left behind after this last parliament has been money, hasn't it? Involved lots of money. Money lost, money wasted. The scandals of yes. the extreme right being funded of, of by the, Putin? The, no, the reform of, of MEP's expenses, for instance. Of misusing which, which European money, of using their staff of the European Parliament for national purposes. That's all the extreme right in Europe has been doing. That started from Farage and Marine Le Pen and now Strasse. I'm talking about expenses. They are all in the hands of... Uh, no receipts, no bills, nothing, no accountability. 40 million euros that, worth of European taxpayers' money. Well, I have been voting for uh, making this uh, more transparent and all this office money, so I have no problem with that. Uh, making in the, in the next mandate and like my party will do it in the next mandate. But uh, the reason why this has been done is because the people of Europe want less bureaucracy. If you give They want more honesty, don't they? Yes, and that's not about honesty because we are following the rules and the rules are what they are. As long as you don't change the rules, you're not dishonest. What about the 9 billion that was lost like between 2002 and like 2017? You can like or not like the rules, but as long as politicians follow the rules, you cannot accuse them for that, then you can change the rules if you don't like them. And I've, I'm in favour of changing the rules. The Court of Auditors accused them of losing between uh, about 9 billion euros between 2002 and 2017, with member states, they said, doing little to prevent or punish those identified as suspects. That's pretty poor, isn't it? Pretty poor example. Well, I, you know, we in Sweden here have for maximum accountability uh, when it gets taxpayers' money and we are been driving very much a strong agenda to make sure that the cohesion fund, the social, the social development funds, the regional funds, the agricultural funds 
are used in a way that is effective and go to the end users. And we have been calling the Commission to have more powers to do that. But there is always a, a balancing act between not wanting more bureaucracy, but wanting more control. More control requires more bureaucracy. That's the way it is. You're going to miss the European Parliament, your moderate party here in Sweden well, I, dropped, dropped you from the list. I love to be I love to be a member of the European Parliament. I'm very very grateful for the confidence I, I got by the from the people these ten years, for what I could achieve today enters into force uh, a legislation that I've been responsible for, which creates the fifth freedom in the internal market, the freedom of data. That's going to be. That's going to make Europe more competitive, bring jobs, brings... But you complain that your party had become an old boys' network. Yeah, but let's not talk about That my, wasn't true, was it? Let's talk about Europe. Well, well there is a problem. In the few seconds we we have need left. more stronger Europe, uh, stronger women in Europe, of course, and I hope there will be strong Europe in position. Your party list is 50-50, And that's yeah. yeah, but not in that sense. It, it means in the sense that uh, strong women need to be... Uh, appreciated, not weakened, and, and you that's didn't true feel appreciated in Sweden. By your party, that's yeah. true in Sweden. That's true everywhere in Europe. And I really have been committing myself to making sure there will be more women in, le in leading positions, and, the, and there will be more respect for women. There are other forms of me too than sexual harassment, which is of course the worst that we have to continue to stand up for. There are other forms of harassment against women in politics Very and in business. You're not, bitter? You're not be... bitter about not being no. on the list? No. no, no. I look forward now. I have so much to give more. I hope that my experience, my networks, my knowledge, my multiculturalism, my being a strong European and devoted, engaged European can be useful in other ways. Anna-Maria Karatzabil, thanks for being on Thank Conference you, Zone. Thank you.